Hello, hello, it's episode 293. Today we're chatting about a whole bunch of things. Let's see if I got it all. This is pretty exciting stuff. Uh, The role of the liver and how miraculous our bodies are. Signs we need to reset what a reset looks like. Whether or not we should be dealing with calories and the nervousness around not following and the science behind calories and why they're kind of garbage. (laughs) Understanding insulin resistance and toxicity. Should fasting be the same every day? Should you be on the same fasting protocol day in, day out? Or is some rotation in our fasting necessary? The effects to our hormones as women and fasting, what to look out for, signs that you're what you're doing isn't working, what to do if we see people doing it wrong, like when it comes to keto and we see other women that are like pushing themselves, how to have the tools to kind of say like, yo, have you thought of this? <laughs> uh, we're talking about one meal a day, fasting differences for women. Whether or not being in a ketogenic state is the goal when we are following a ketogenic diet as women, or if there's something else to use as our goal, how to switch metabolic processes and what that looks like, uh, mistakes over fasting, the effect of the microbiome on our fasting, on our keto, what happens when we eat a ketogenic diet to our gut and how this affects our immune system and so much more. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to share today's episode with you. Our guest today is Dr. Mindy Pels, who's empowering people all over the world to believe in their body's own healing abilities through fasting, diet variation, removing chemicals from the body, and so much more. Dr. Mindy is a recognized leader in the alternative health world and is the founder of Family Life Wellness, her local clinic that is made to speed up healing and maximize performance. She is also the founder of the Reset Academy, a private group where she and her team help people implement the principles of fasting, keto, and diet variation into their daily lives. She is a host of one of the leading science podcasts, The Resetter Podcast, and the author of three best-selling books, The Menopause Reset, The Reset Factor, and The Reset Kitchen. Whew, it's a good one today. Uh, if you are in need of any of the resources or anything that we are chatting about in today's episode, I highly encourage you to check out the show notes for today's episode. If you're unsure how to find the show notes for the player that you are using to access today's show, I highly encourage you to go to the Google machine and type in show notes and then the app that you're using so you can figure out how to access those. And that's not only good for my show, but it's good for all the podcasts you listen to. And if you're still unclear, you can go to ketodietpodcast.com and look for episode 293. And we'll have all the ways that you can connect with Dr. Mindy, including Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, some of her programs. And then also I've put together three videos that introduce women to the types of fasting that we should and should not be doing throughout our cycle. So if that's of interest to you, I will have those three videos in the show notes also. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hello, Dr. Mindy. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here. I'm excited to talk about everything keto and women and fasting and all the great things that can influence women's health. 
And you're so good at explaining things. Like I, like I was saying before we pressed record, I took a little break from soaking up keto information on the internet and I come back and here you are with YouTube videos and Instagram videos. And you're so good at breaking things down for people that may not understand the science. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. You know, strange little story behind that. When I was little, I had a a learning disability and I had to come up with ways of like taking in complicated information and making them simple so they would stick in my brain. And for like the majority of my life, I kind of thought that was just, you know, my, I thought it was like a deficit. And what I've realized as I've gotten older and worked with patients and people that actually it really helps people to understand it in more, in in more simple terms. I have a very similar story. I had ADHD. And so I had to like learn how to compartmentalize things to communicate. And that's actually helped me quite a lot in education. (laughs) Right? It's weird. It's like what we cursed when we were younger, we all of a sudden see is a true blessing. Yes. And so your whole thing is resetting. And so I'd love to just start today's episode by defining what reset means to you and kind of what your mission is and the work that you do out in the world. Oh, I love that. You know, nobody's ever asked me that question. I love that. Um, Okay, here's why I chose the reset word and, and what I love about it is it takes the guilt, the shame, the beating ourselves up and makes it so that we can realize that at any given moment, we can start anew again. And it also combines that with this idea that your body's always working for you. Your health can always, you have like, like if you just take the liver, for example, the liver, you only need 20% of your liver to be healthy in order for it to function normally. That's a pretty amazing organ. But we, you know, tend to think of disease as being concrete or our symptoms as being concrete. And what the reset word means to me is you can start over. You can start over in the next five minutes. You could start over tomorrow, but you're working in an intelligent body that wants to work with you and wants to heal you. And that's why I love the word reset. Just whenever you decide to step in and reset your health, you can do it. I love that. And it's so much more encouraging than you're broken, right? Things will never be fixed and your body's always against you. That's right. <laughs> yep, exactly. And that's, if you look at our health paradigm, that's what we're taught. And, and when I, my first book came out, it was, uh, it's called the reset factor. And that was like the first time I, I really started to embrace the word reset because what I found in my own clinic was that there was this growing movement of people that were going into doctor's office. They were getting told to put on, be put on medications. They were told that, that it was their genetics. It's like, there was so much Uh, negativity around that experience. And what I really wanted people to understand is, no, this is, it doesn't have to be like that. There's a whole other world that many of us exist in. And that to me is what the reset allows you to do. CBD oil. I'm sure you've heard of it and maybe you've been a bit overwhelmed by the options or you're concerned it'll get you high. Now my family's been supplementing with CBD oil going on four years and I'm impressed with the results and no, we don't get high on this stuff and neither will you. 
Why do we use CBD oil? Well, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, reducing joint issues, inflammatory acne, and gut distress. Eaton Hemp makes the highest possible quality CBD oil, are transparent in their production processes, and are one of the first USDA certified organic hemp companies, ensuring all you're getting in your oil is CBD not pesticides. Blah. No, thank you. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, which ensures higher potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids. These are all good things. Now, what I love most about Eaton Hemp is they stand behind their product. If you buy it and you don't like it, or you don't get the results that you're looking for, they will give you a refund. All you got to do is use it in the first 30 days and let them know in those first 30 days, no questions asked, they will give you your money back. Now they put together a super special offer for our listeners. If you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet and use the code keto diet, you will get 20% off all of their CBD products. Again, that's code keto diet at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet for your 20% off and your 30 day money back guarantee. And what are some of the signs that we need a reset? Because a lot of the women listening to today's podcast have been doing keto for a while. Maybe they've dipped their toes in fasting, or maybe they're like doing hardcore fast and doing everything. Do they need a reset? Like what's kind of the, the criteria? I think it's unique to everybody. You know, it's, it's, it's what you've got to ask yourself. So, I mean, I can tell you we're post Thanksgiving. I definitely needed a reset on Monday after leftovers for the whole weekend. I just needed to get back into my fasting and keto groove. So that was a reset. But then we've got women who all of a sudden, let's say they're new to the keto diet and they like discover that, oh my God, you mean that carbs have been the issue around my weight gain? And, and then there's all this, again, shame and misunderstanding about, oh, I should have been eating different. And I feel like what, you, what the opportunity that, that exists in that moment is just to say, oh, I know better now. Okay, I know differently now. So let me just reset myself. So I think it's really individual to everybody. I think we're resetting all the time. And I hope if you have chronic disease or you have a chronic condition and you've been given a poor prognosis and you've been told you need to be on medication forever, I hope the reset word reminds you that you can step out of that paradigm. You can step out of that, that harsh sentence and you can start anew. So every, for everybody, it will be different. And one of your, well, a couple of your focuses, um, as I pour through your Instagram and check you out on YouTube is a lot to do with fasting, microbiome, toxins a little bit, keto kind of, how do you pull this all together into what you call a reset? Like what are kind of the pieces to it all? Yeah. So to make it simple, I, I really think that there are five like lifestyle changes or uh, new habits we need to incorporate into our daily life. And especially for women over 40, because at 40, we really, our hormones start to shift. And the five are, we need to start looking at when we eat. And we've been taught that we should eat all day long. 
and there's nothing more, there's nothing healthy about eating all day long. We are not designed to eat all day long. So the first thing is to start fasting. What does fasting mean to you? You know, for me, I love 17, 24 hour fasts. They're great. But if you've never fasted before, it might mean you just push your breakfast back an hour. So the, the first one is building a fasting lifestyle. The second one is start looking, stop counting calories and start looking at the quality of your food. So I love that the whole world has shifted or a lot of the world, maybe this is the world you and I are living in, but that the world has really shifted to macros and um, that we are looking at carbs, protein, fat, like what, are, what do those do for us? Because a calorie doesn't mean anything. And, and this is what every once in a while in my resetter trial, I'll get somebody who says, are we counting calories? And I'm like, no, wait, wait, did you not get the message? Like, to me, that's like driving a car that has a cassette player still. And you're trying to, you know, it's like, no, 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 that's old school. So looking at our macros, looking at lowering our carb load. And then we got to look at our microbiome because we are 10 to 1 bacteria compared to human cells. And then we've got to look at our toxic levels, like what, what's going on with toxins. And the last one, especially for women, and is the one that I'm still learning and trying to apply on a daily basis is the rushing, what I, and it's not my statement, it's rushing woman syndrome. It's an amazing book. It's put out by uh, Dr. Libby Weaver. I really recommend that you check it out. But rushing woman syndrome is basically the overdoing woman. So we got to look at those five lifestyles. And when you start to apply that, you can really start to create a, a whole new experience for your health. Okay, so calories. I know that a lot of women listening are still on the C word and they're all about it. And they're just so nervous to like not count calories. Can you go a little bit deeper into yeah. why? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me ask this question. Is your calorie counting working for you? <laughs> Great so, question. Right? I mean, just start to think about that. So there is something called a set point. And this is, Dr. Fung brought this to all of our attention in the Obesity, obesity Code. Highly re recommend the book. But when you look at the set point of our metabolism, how we get to these set points is that we are lowering our calorie count down and we're increasing our calorie output. So we exercise more and we eat less. And when we do that, what we're doing is we're creating a set point, which says that anytime I eat more than my normal calorie amount or I exercise less, I'm going to put on weight. This is why every diet has failed is because every new diet we go on that is calories in, calories out, causes our set point to change. And we have to stay at that same calorie in, calorie out measurement in order for that set point to not move. So I really encourage you to get away from the counting calories and look at like our, our health in general is a hormonal issue. And when you're dealing with weight loss, you're dealing with the hormone insulin. And insulin is really a matter of what's the quality of the food you're eating and when are you eating? It's like literally that symptom, simple, and it's, it's freedom. Like, I mean, how many times, I mean, are, I, maybe there's still people adding up their calories all day long and then looking at their output all day long and trying to come up with some kind of equation there, but that's crazy making. 
if you go over to, okay, let me compress my eating window. So I have periods where I'm not eating. And then let me look at the quality of the food I'm eating. This is why so many people, as you know, are getting incredible results with the ketogenic diet and with fasting. And it feels a bit effortless. And it feels like you're breaking the rules. I know I hosted a group coaching uh, for seven weeks and these women were eating more than they had ever eaten before. And overall, like 15 pound weight loss, general, like over seven weeks and they're eating Love so it. much. And I know that you experienced that also yep. looking at the results of your clients and, and there is like this breaking of the rules and, and the quality is so incredibly important. And to that quality, you mentioned toxins a little bit. I think toxins are one of those like toxic load. People are like, well, why does it matter? And does it, do I really need to make a change when it comes to my laundry soap? And I mean, the list goes on. Um, right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So toxins is, is an interesting one. And it is like the, the, the way I look at toxins is you've been living a life and in this life, your toxic load has been getting higher and higher and higher, and you have you had no idea. There's toxins in your water, there's toxins in your food, there's toxins in your furniture, in your clothing, and it's like it's almost been done to us. And yet, without the awareness, we are suffering with the byproduct of the health consequences of this toxic load. And one of those consequences is insulin resistance. So if you start to look at the trends of like diabetes and obesity, we could look at, just take obesity, for example, you could look at obesity and say, well, gosh, we just have a world of undisciplined people. But that's not what we've got. We have people that were applying the same health strategy they did 20 years ago it's just that they're now eating food that has toxins in it. They're eating, they're putting makeup on that has toxins in it. They're buying new furniture and sitting on the new furniture and it's off-gassing toxins. And those toxins are causing insulin resistance and they're causing disease. And it's so, my heart bleeds for people who are struggling with their health or their weight because it's almost like it's not your fault. It's just that the environment changed. And in this changing environment, we're going to have to adapt and change as well. That's beautifully explained, 100%. Totally. Yeah. I, I really want to take like the shame out of health for, for women, especially because we're, we are suffering in this modern world, but we're applying health strategies we learned when we were 16 years old. And what we don't realize is it's our health strategy that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Completely. Because the world's changed. So, yes. Completely it has. And yeah. when we get into fasting also, what I see a lot with women especially is they start the ketogenic diet and then they just stick to a fasting protocol, whether it's fasting for 18 hours and they do that every day forever. What are your thoughts on that for women that are doing fasting? Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say on that topic. I know um, you do. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So let's go back to this idea that we're using old paradigms. And old paradigms say that I found a diet that works for me. I should just keep doing that diet. But what women don't realize is that if you still have a cycle, your hormones are changing in, in a 28-day period dramatically. 
and why fasting has sort of revealed this hormonal changes that naturally happen for us is because if you're fasting at a time when your body needs to make progesterone, you will tank your progesterone. And when your progesterone goes down, you will start to notice that your periods go off. You'll start to notice that you're more anxious, you're having trouble sleeping, your hair is falling out. And it's because you've been fasting, 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 doing one meal a day. And it got you a great result in the beginning, but now it's you're, maybe you're even gaining weight because you needed to, when you look at fasting as a tool, it has to be matched to your cycle. And there are times you need to step out of fasting. You need to step out of keto. And that's when you need to make progesterone. And usually that is around day 21. Uh, sometimes for some women, it's around day 18 of the her cycle. But this is where the fasting world has really hurt women. But it's also, I really believe like there's an opportunity for us to start to see how we should be eating, how we should be fasting, what we should be doing to match our hormonal needs. Yes, I I geek out about this so much. And I remember when I wrote my first book in 2017, it was all about supporting your hormones and eating carbs at certain times of your ketogenic diet. And I remember stepping on the first stage and thinking somebody's going to throw something at me because I'm about <laughs> to say, like, you need to eat, you know, an orange on day yeah. 27. And they're like, Ah, like, because right. there's a lot of emotion around this. Oh my gosh, so much because it's easier. Just tell me one thing to do and I'll do it. And if it's going to get me results, just let me do it. But what we're asking women to do is to be a, understand that their bodies are a little more complex. And so they're going to need to put together a few more tools here, which means that you're going to have to eat some carbs. And I get this all the time. Like people are like, oh my God, you eat, you know, tropical fruit. You would eat a banana. Yeah, on day 21, I'd eat a banana. But when I'm trying to stay in keto, I'm not going to eat a banana. But I'll eat a banana. I'll eat potatoes. I'll eat some, na some of nature's food that is, has so many nutrients, but I match it to my hormonal needs. And this is scary for women, I think, because we, are, we, we have created a dogma around restriction. And so fasting and keto work in restriction when we want to lose weight. And now what we're saying is in order to lose weight, and if you want to play the game of keto and fasting, you're going to need to add some of these carbs back in. And it feels out of control. It feel, I, what I hear from a lot of women is, oh, I'll never go back to keto. And it's really important for us to have that flexibility and understand that you can go in and out of keto, you can go in and out of fasting, and you're going to be just fine. And you're going to find so much freedom there. Yeah, to the freedom piece, I've noticed that between about cycles day, like two to 10, I want to be keto. Like I just yes. want to crush keto and eat steak yes. and fast long. But you ask me on day 25 and I'm like, get away from me. Like, right? you know, so you want to do it. Like you feel an urge to want to eat that way. Yes. And that's what that happens to me too, because I'll get like on day like 20, I'll walk around and go, I'm so hungry today. Yeah. And if my hormones could speak to me, they'd be like, yeah, you're hungry because I need some freaking progesterone. So I'm making you hungry. So you go and get some progesterone and make me some progesterone so I can balance your estrogen and I can give you a cycle and I can make you feel good and help you sleep tonight. But we're stuck in this educated brain that's like, nope, keto and fasting is working for me. So I'm just got to overcome that hunger. But once you find a rhythm with it, mm -hmm. 
it's, it's free. It's again, freedom. It just feels like freedom. Yes. And you mentioned the hair loss piece and this was really big around 2015 as keto was building momentum. People started saying, Oh yeah, yeah. Don't worry. The hair loss, it'll stop. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I remember seeing that and getting really angry because there are certain signs that your body will kind of shout out at you of like, Hey, time to check the engine. Like maybe we shouldn't be going in this direction. Um, Hair loss is one of them. Are there other things that maybe we should be watching for that kind of maybe are those shouts of like, Hey, maybe go back to the drawing board. Well, a, a disrupted menstrual cycle. Absolutely. I'm not, people like all of a sudden will tell me that they didn't get a cycle. They skipped a cycle. Um, they're spotting more than ever. So that, that's a big one. The other one, and this one happens to a lot of perimenopausal women because their hormones or their progesterone is already um, going down is anxiety, but it's like a different anxiety. It's like, it's like a, I'm sitting on the couch and I can't relax. I can't just sit here. Like I just, my mind won't stop. My body won't calm down. That's low progesterone. So, and then sometimes hot flashes because progesterone keeps estrogen in check. So hot flashes can be it. Um, Sometimes insomnia. A lot of times people are so rigid with their keto that at two in the morning, the liver gets triggered and all of a sudden you start to get like a, a glucose surge and a cortisol surge. So those are, those are some of the big indicators. Mm, I love that. I've been on an iron boosting kick. About six months ago, I discovered my iron levels were dangerously low. Why? Well, because I like plants and I eat a lot of plants on my ketogenic diet. And when you do not combine vitamin C with plant-based iron foods, the iron cannot be absorbed. Now, vitamin C-based foods are kind of lacking in the ketogenic diet. It's not impossible to get enough, but it is a challenge. So I started supplementing with Paleo Valley Essential C, and in just three short months, I doubled my iron level. Extreme fatigue, weakness, fluttering heartbeat or shortness of breath, headache, dizziness or lightheadedness, cold hands and feet, inflammation of the tongue, brittle nails. These are all symptoms of low iron, and I had all of them. Sitting on the lower end of normal iron levels can deliver some of these symptoms. And it's very unpleasant, let me tell you. Coupled with the immune boosting component of vitamin C, you really can't go wrong with this one-two punch in your ketogenic diet. And why Paleo Valley Essential C? It's third-party lab tested as the most powerful 100% natural vitamin C product on the market today. It contains not one, but three of the most concentrated natural sources of vitamin C amla berry, camu camu berry, and unripe aceola cherry, the most potent source of natural vitamin C on earth, which is 120 times higher than that found in an orange. Each nutrient-packed serving delivers 750% your RDI of vitamin C, an amount meant to help you thrive, not just survive. Most other vitamin C supplements are derived from GMO corn and only contain one fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains the entire spectrum with absolutely no synthetic vitamin C, just organic superfoods. Makes a huge difference. Head on over to paleovalley.com. Load up, grab a couple of bottles of vitamin C complex, whatever else that catches your eye. The superfood bars are amazing if you need a recommendation. Then enter the code KETO at checkout to receive 15% off your first order. 
Again, that's paleovalley.com and the code keto for 15% off your first order. What do you see people, specifically women, doing wrong? Like we talked about calorie counting um, and, and not paying attention to quality. Also, you know, ebbing and flowing with different foods on your cycle. Um, we talked a little bit about fasting. Can we go a little bit deeper into, are there certain times where it's good to fast versus not good to fast? Or are we okay to do longer fasts? Mm, yeah. So, well, okay. So the first thing that women are doing wrong, I'm just going to say is a mental thing and they're guilting and shaming and, and beating themselves up. So please, if you're listening to this, please stop doing that because that is raising your cortisol and making your fasting efforts harder. And it's putting your body in a disease state. So let's just agree. We're going to let go of that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, I've, in the research that I've done, discovered that there's seven, there may be eight, I'm working on an eight different styles of fasts. And it's based off of research. Now, I want to point out that some of this research was done on men. Some of this research was done on mice. So we need more research for women. And I hope that the world comes out with more, especially when it comes to keto and fasting. But as I always say, it gets us in the ballpark. And this is what it looks like. Intermittent fasting you can do almost any time. That's that it should become like sort of a rhythm that feels good. I do recommend that women some days don't fast, just just it, it not necessarily match to your hormones. Just you don't always want, need to be intermittent fasting. If you feel like you want to go have breakfast with your family or some friends, go do it. So, but intermittent fasting is sort of the most flexible of all the fasts. There's great research showing that women who had breast cancer, that there was a 70% less reoccurrence of that breast cancer if they implemented an a, a intermittent fasting lifestyle. And that was done on women. And that's crazy, like amazing. I don't know any drug that has a 70% success rate like that. So to me, intermittent fasting, you can do almost any time. Then we go into some longer fasts, 17-hour fasts, 24-hour fasts, 17 hours, you start stimulating autophagy, 24, which is your, your cells healing themselves and repairing. And we know it as like a self-detox, but it's actually um, a self-repair of the cells. And then at, at like 24 hours, there's great research showing that your whole intestinal tract will get, will get reset and new stem cells will come in and repair any injured cells in there. Those are two of my favorite fasts. And I would warn women to just be careful to not do those around day 21 of your cycle. It's just that is the most crucial time. It, at 21, you need this progesterone, um, and some women need to start at about day 17, so it really depends on your hormonal profile. And then when you look at some of the fasts, like I like 36-hour fasts for weight loss, women who are very weight loss resistant, that's great. Don't do it on day 21. You could do it day one through day 21, fine. Don't do it 21 until you bleed, like that last, until you have a cycle, that last week is really pivotal. You wouldn't do a 36-hour fast. You definitely wouldn't do a three-day water fast. Those are times that you're really going to mess your hormones up. I know, at least for me, there's no way I can even fast day 21 to 28. Right? Like, no, 
I just, right. I, I'm so hungry. I'm right. so hungry. But and that's where, that's where the shame and the guilt comes in yes. because we, we don't honor that voice and we are like, oh, but last month I could do a longer fast, but we don't realize that you were doing it on a different day of your cycle. So we are hormonally driven and we need to look at keto and fasting through a hormone lens. And if you're 48, your hormone lens is going to look a lot different than if you're 35. And we need to understand what that hormonal lens is. We've just never been taught how to look at our diet through hormones. Completely. And we're following a diet, um, mostly, like you said, all the science kind of points to men and they're on the 24 hour cycle. <laughs> right. So, you know, our experience is going to be completely different. <laughs> yeah. I think they get like testosterone surges like every two hours. Yeah. Like it, go, like it ebbs and flows, like their testosterone will ebb and flow like every couple of hours, you know? So, it, and we see this in our resetters with like women and like couples that try to fast together. And they're like, but my husband's losing so much weight. And, uh, and you know, it is so easy for him. Yeah, because he doesn't have this complex hormonal cycle. And how cool it is, is it that we have these complex hormones? I mean, it's so cool that we were, our bodies are designed to grow another human inside of it. Like, let's just stop and honor how flippin' amazing that is. And we should work with that design, not shame it. Yes, no truer words have ever been spoken. That is so true. And in regards to fasting, one meal a day, OMAD is quite popular. Um, I'd love to kind of pick your brain on that only because I heard like some microbiome and quality pieces in there. I find like for myself, maybe once in a while I'll do it, but on an ongoing basis, I find I don't have enough quality foods. I'm just not eating enough. What are your thoughts? So a big statement I keep saying to people lately is fasting heals and food heals. So both of them heal. So just because we've discovered that fasting creates all these incredible healing mechanisms in our body doesn't mean that we stop looking at food as healing. So I would agree with you that the, the limit, the problem with one meal a day is that you can't get enough nutrition in. And you need, like women need a lot of greens to be able to break down estrogen. So we have a whole microbiome in our gut that helps to break down, it's called the estrobilome, and it helps to break down estrogen. This is life-saving. You need to feed those bacteria. We also need, like I've mentioned, if in order to make progesterone, you need beans and it will help and potatoes and quinoa, wild rice, tropical fruits, citrus fruits, like these are not keto foods. And so, and they're not, they're hard to all get in one meal a day. You might go into like a coma, be comatose afterwards if you ate all that stuff in one meal. So I, I like one meal a day once a week. I think that is a good, if you want to do it more, great. But we, one of the things I saw in my social media platform that was so intriguing is after Dr. Fung's book came out, everybody became OMAD people. And then all those OMAD people somehow found their way to my YouTube channel. And we started getting message after message of people like, it used to work for me. It doesn't work for me anymore. I'm actually gaining weight now. I'm stuck. I can't get unstuck. And so we were like, I mean, literally thousands of women. And what we realized is that there was no variation to their eating or fasting. And that is not a good thing. 
I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Yeah, variation. So this is a piece too that I'm sure a lot of women get stuck on. I mean, I know they do is... But keto is the goal. Ketones are the goal. Like if I'm eating oranges and bananas, how am I supposed to stay in ketosis? Can we delve a little deeper into that? Yeah, I love that. This is great. So you have to remember you have two fuel sources for energy. One is what we call a sugar burner. And I kind of don't like these names just because people will say, but I'm not eating sugar. A sugar burner is any time you've raised your blood sugar. So if you eat you know, an apple, I mean, everything pretty much but fat is going to raise your blood sugar. And then the other fuel source is fat. And so we are actually meant for metabolic switching. So when we don't eat food, we switch over into fat burning mode. Okay, that's great. And how we know we've switched over into fat burning mode is that we get ketones. That's the, that's the signal. And ketones are amazing because they curb our hunger. They give us mental clarity. They, have, they repair neurons in our brain. They're incredible. But just because they're incredible doesn't mean we're supposed to stay in fat burning mode all the time. What we're actually supposed to do, and I just put um, a video out this week on the, on this, and then I actually found some really cool science on um, co- on viral replication and COVID around this metabolic switching that I'll talk about in a moment. But what we're meant to do is to go in times of metabolic challenge, and that is what keto OMAD is doing. And then we're meant to follow that with rest and recovery and eating. That is what the science is saying. So you, in this recovery mode, you need to start to look at food as nourishing and healing and carbs are not the enemy over there. The deal is, is that you want to be able to go into metabolic challenge and then you want to be able to, to rest and recover. If you do not rest and recover, you will get stuck. I guarantee it, you will, you're, you will plateau with your efforts and then you'll pick up the, an article in the paper one day or see something come through your newsfeed that says that women shouldn't do the ketogenic diet and you'll be like, yep, that's what happened to me and you'll throw it all out the window. No, you were meant for this switching in and out of these two fuel sources. And the science that I just found um, this week was, says that when we go into these states of metabolic sh- uh, switching, we actually stop viral replication. And that if you, when a virus comes into your body, what it does is it rides off the metabolism of the cell. So if you're eating food all day long and you're a sugar burner, that virus goes, woohoo, I can energize in here. And so if you're eating all the time, you're energizing the virus and you're letting it go out and replicate in your body. But when you switch over and get ketones and have, they call it the ketogenic pathway of metabolism, when you're over there, you literally shut the energy down for that virus to thrive. And that there was, it blew my mind because I found it deep in PubMed and I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? But this metabolic switching is what we can, if we all applied that, we would stop the, the spread of COVID. 
like just done if everybody started to go in and out of a ketogenic state and then rest and repair and, and eat healthy foods, then go back into a ketogenic state. That's what we were designed for. That's fantastic. I'm really happy that you found that. <laughs> right? I know. I, this morning I got up at five and I couldn't, because I'm, I'm about to shoot a video when I get done here to, that will go out on YouTube. And I was like, why, why aren't we talking about this? It makes me mad. Like, why aren't we talking about this? Why is I mean, why, there's so much that we're not talking about. <laughs> I know. Well, there is that too. I mean, I know why. I just don't want to believe why. So exactly. <laughs> it's so true. And like, you're talking about the switching back and forth. Like how often should we be switching? Is it different for women who are coming with insulin resistance and a lowered carb tolerance? Like, do we stay in ketosis more and then start switching? Or do we just really do it with our hormones every month? Yeah, the easiest way to do this is I always tell people the first step if you're new to keto and fasting is understand how it feels to get into ketosis. So you got to get into ketosis first. A lot of people have been sugar burners for so many years that they, they all of a sudden start fasting and taking carbs out and they're not making that switch and they're struggling. So that has to be the first step. And it's massively important that you make that before you trick out your ketogenic lifestyle. Because if you're stuck there, keep working the principles, eventually your body will figure it out and you'll switch over. Once you understand like what it feels like to be in ketosis, this might be a month long, maybe this is two months long, and you're like, oh, I, I got a groove with the ketogenic diet. Now I recommend people go to what I call a 5-1-1. Five days a week, you can do like intermittent fasting with keto foods. You're going to try to kind of stay in ketosis five days a week. One day a week, you're going to stretch. You're going to put a little more metabolic challenge on your cells. Try to stretch to a 24-hour fast and eat just, you can eat whatever meal you want that day, you could have, you know, a really nutritious, just whole food meal. And then one day a week, you got to step out of ketosis and you got to not eat as, as much, or you not, not be as restrictive. You might eat breakfast that day. You might eat potatoes. Like that's where you're going to step out. And if you do that on a regular basis, that's usually enough to be able to get your body to, to benefit from ketones, but not get stuck with just being in ketosis all the time. And it's actually pretty doable. I find a lot of people can do that easily. Yeah, I think we just get so hung up with, well, ketones are the goal and I have to go after these ketones and then they get so blind to all the other things that are beneficial and to have that freedom is so incredibly important and makes it doable where you can live your life and when you're out, you can do things and when you're at home, you can do other things and it makes it more feasible as opposed to the, well, I'll just start my diet on Monday over and over and over right. and over and over. right. It's like, it's, um, it's, you can look at your social calendar and you can be like, oh, I'm going to my friend's house that makes amazing food on Saturday night. Oh, but I'm doing the keto diet. Should I call her up and tell her I'm doing the keto diet? It's like, no, just decide you're going to fast. Maybe you'll fast 17 hours that day. Maybe you'll go 20. You, you, you decide what feels good and then go and enjoy your food. And then the next day you can go back into a, a keto state. So it, it really is freedom. I, there's no other beautiful way to say that, but we have to allow ourselves to have that rhythm. The allowing is key. And, and that's where it really comes. Like you were saying, empowering yourself and really understanding where to go and how to maneuver um, makes it a lot simpler in the long term because you're not following anyone else's plan. <laughs> right. 
Right. We've lost track of like our own like intuitive sense of like what, when we should be eat, eating, what we should be eating back to your thing about like when it's right before you're um, about to ha start your cycle, you, you have hung, you like you crave chocolate and you crave carbs. Well, guess what? You were meant to crave that. So once you honor that, it doesn't mean that, okay, now you have an excuse to get in the car and go to the fast food restaurant or the ice cream store. I, I think you should still have a set of rules around the quality of food. I'm a big fan of chemical-free food. I, I wouldn't be meandering off to McDonald's or any of the other fast food places, but have a, like, have a, a value system around the quality of food that you're going to eat. But then when your body is saying, feed me these things, honor it. And you'll, it's just incredible. I, you almost have to experience it to believe it. You totally do. And <laughs> I definitely have. And that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to have Dr. Mindy on the show because we align so much and it's so it. great. Um, the last pillar that you talked about was a microbiome. And you mentioned some foods just specifically in passing as it relates to helping progesterone. But can we go a little bit into the microbiome and why it even matters, especially for women who are wanting to lose weight and be healthier? why we yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's also a really good discussion. So microbiome, you are more bacteria than you are human cells. So that's the first thing to know. And we've been studying human cells for years and years and years. And we just back in the 80s realized that the bacteria actually control the human cells. So the micro, the world of the microbiome is brand new. But here's the problem is that we need to feed these bacteria to be able to keep them alive. So for example, when you're eating foods that are packed with antibiotics or you take an antibiotic, what you're doing is you're decimating your gut bacteria. You're killing them all. You're killing the good. You're killing the bad. And if you don't go in there and feed the good and help them regrow again, then they will stay in a, in a deficient state. And these bacteria are making you neurotransmitters like GABA that calm your brain. They're making, they're controlling your blood sugar. They're controlling uh, dopamine production and their, the inflammation and how many vitamins, B vitamins and K vitamins that you get out of your food. Like these guys need to be fed. So we've got to find times and ways to feed them. And they thrive off of, of vegetables primarily, although um, I don't know if you've ever interviewed Maria Emmerich, but Maria Emmerich is one of the first people that really helped open my eyes to the fact that collagen and carnivore actually will feed these, certain meats will feed these um, bacteria as well. But for the most part, it's vegetables, it's um, grass-fed meat, it's collagen of all different kinds, uh, hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds. These are all food for these bacteria that are going to produce a very positive result in how you feel and how you function. So if you're somebody who comes to the keto diet and you look at vegetables is evil now because they're increasing your total number of carbs and you really limit how many carbs that you eat or vegetables you eat, you stop feeding these guys and they stop working for you. So food is the best way to do it. We used to think years ago that take a probiotic, 
but you've got about 6,000 different species of bacteria in your gut. And if you take a probiotic with 24 strains of, bac of bacteria in there, you create a monoculture culture where you're just the same bacteria over and over and over again. And now you've got a, a, a dysbiosis situation. Brilliant. What's your one, like to summarize everything, what's kind of a word of encouragement that you could provide to a woman that's on the ketogenic diet, feeling like she made the right choice, being on <laughs> keto, but now she's just not sure. <laughs> I feel like that's probably happening to the people listening right now. So, you know, again, let's step it out. So first step, ketosis. If you've mastered that, congratulations, most of the world has not. And that's an incredible place to be. I, did you ever see that movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper where he takes the pill? Yes. And then he like speaks six languages and he like understands the stuff. That's how I feel in ketosis. Like, I can, do, right? like I can do anything. So, um, so that's great. And I just want you to stop for a moment and like honor yourself and just say, how cool is it that I've switched away from what most people are, how most people are eating and I'm over here. The second thing that I would say is how do you vary the ketogenic diet? So your first step is either going to be one of two things. If you're just lowering carbs, I mean, the ketogenic diet can be carb reduction. It can be fasting. Sometimes it's both. So you might experiment with some days you go a little bit longer fast. Some days you don't fast at all. So you don't even change your food. You're just going to experiment with your fasting length. That might be one of your next steps. Or maybe one day a week, you actually try to eat some healthy carbs and then know that you're, the next day you're going right back into the keto diet. So like for me, Sunday is my feast day is what we call it. And so we go to the farmer's market, I bake and, and cook really good food and we sit down as a family on Sunday night and we have an amazing meal together. Well, I do it on Sunday because Monday is my busiest day. And I know that I'll be in the office. I'm not going to have time to eat. It's going to be easier for me to fast. I'll, I'll have one meal a day. So if you're nervous about coming out of ketosis, put it next to a very, very busy day that is going to help you go back into your routine. And the first step after, the, after you've done the, the keto diet is just try, just try that one day a week and see how you do. Then I would say from there, the third step would be, understand when it's tough to be keto and is it around your cycle? And if it is, could you maybe spend a couple of days eating the foods I talked about, squashes, potatoes, like progesterone building foods. And if that's the, if, if you can, then that would be sort of the expert keto woman's lifestyle there. But take, but step it out. Because again, if you're holding on tight to keto, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So don't take this podcast and go, oh man, I've been doing it all wrong. There's just a next level. And, and, here's, and that's what that next level looks like. Brilliant, Dr. Mindy. And how can people connect with you, work with you? Tell us all the goods. <laughs> well, my YouTube channel is where I'm putting all the science and um, I, you know, I'm finding that it's helpful when you're trying to make change to understand the science in your body. So you can go to my YouTube channel there and I just have a lot of fun putting those videos together. 
it, Instagram, we've had a lot of fun on Instagram lately because we understand that people are different, have different learning styles. So some people want to see a visual. That's how I am. So we put a whole, we'll take my videos and turn them into little visual squares and put them on Instagram. So those are two great learning places. I have uh, one of my favorite programs that I do is my Reset Academy, where people who want to understand the variation around, around the keto and fasting lifestyle and how do you do this successfully, call my Reset Academy and it will, um, you can find that on my webpage. I'm actually doing something really cool in January, although I think this one's coming out in January, um, but I'm doing a whole month of fasting variation for people. But the, we do them every couple of months. We'll do what I call a reset, where we take 15 days and we walk people through different types of fasting and keto variation so that you can take the information and then you can experience the information and you can do it in a community and you can do it with people guiding you. And then now you start to customize what feels right for you. That is brilliant. I will include all those links in the show notes. So if everyone's like, I don't know where to go for this, don't worry, just look down below. And Dr. Mindy, thank you very much for coming on today's show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You've been a leader in keto for before keto was even popular. So I applaud you and the amazing books that you have. And um, yeah, I mean, this is as women, we need to shout. We need to shout yes. this information out. And uh, we need to give a, a belief back to women. And you're doing an incredible job with that. So thank you. Yeah, as are you. Go team. <laughs> yeah, go team. Exactly. Exactly. We can't do it alone. And this is, the, this is our superpower as women, right? We're good at yes. banding together and creating community and sharing information. So it's fun to collaborate. That we are. <laughs> Wow, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, if you want more details on fasting, you can head on over to those three videos that I've put together for you. Um, just click on over to the show notes to check those three out. And I will include links in the show notes also so that you can connect with Dr. Mindy, whether on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. She's got a lot of really great content out there. Next up on the podcast, Sunday, January 31st, we have episode 294. My friend Jonathan Shane is coming on the show to chat with us about eating disorders and keto. What to know, what to do, should we be eating a ketogenic diet? If we have a history of an eating disorder or an active eating disorder, we're going through our personal experiences with that. And then Sunday, February 7th, episode 295, I'm joined by Brian D'Alessandro, who's chatting with us about the CBD pros and cons. So what we did for this episode is I gathered up every single CBD question I've ever been asked <laughs> and I drilled Brian on every single one of them so that we got to all of the answers for every single thing. If we missed one, I can't wait to hear from you and we should definitely have them back on if there's anything that I missed. I'm obsessed with CBD. I think it's the greatest thing since I was going to say sliced bread, but I don't actually think that that's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing since coconut oil. <laughs> so you'll definitely want to check out that episode. So that's happening Sunday, February 7th. Okay, I will see you next Sunday for another episode. And I hope you have a great, great day. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.